what's good everybody welcome back to the sneaker enthusiast podcast my name is brian and each week my brother nacho and i sit down with a guest and we geek out on sneakers that we used to wear back in the day uh current sneakers uh, sneakers that are going to come out soon we interview people in the sneaker industry basically if you're into sneakers you've come to the right place for this week's episode we are interviewing sam hansen also known as sam from fdk uh, sam is a one of the most brilliant people i've ever met uh, he's done some really cool stuff. He's actually one of the most interesting people in the world, believe it or not. His uh, interests and talents just, he just, he's done so many things in the world of hip hop and uh, streetwear. And uh, for one, he created the college dropout bear with Kanye West, which is just mind blowing, right? And we talk about that. He's also from the city of Fresno, where Nacho and I are from. And he is responsible for creating, for pretty much giving Fresno an identity, or at least giving it a launch pad to, to, to have an identity and to, to be culturally relevant in a way that's respected, you know, from a hip hop perspective, if you will. But without further ado, let's turn our attention to our interview with Sam from FTK. Once, once COVID passes, I plan on moving back to Fresno, but, um, uh, why, don't, why don't you take us back to like to, to the to the beginning like what like what i mean like since this is a sneaker podcast like what were some of the first sneakers that kind of set you off because you've you're kind of like a person who's sort of lived through like the beginning to now yeah like sneaker culture and and streetwear and all that i mean i'm i'm 42 so i i missed the uh pro keds uh, you know early the, the the first fat laces era now, again, you know, like that came back in like the early 90s when we were all trying to, you know, bring back the B-Boy. But um, I did m miss that era. But the first pair of kicks that uh, I think I was able to sort of like determine my own, like, oh, this is, I want those. Those are flyer. I actually still have them, man. They are, um, I bought these in the fifth grade. Oh, shit. Um, and they're um, size seven British Knights from 1988. Wow. And, um yeah, and I, I I got these, and my uh, my brother was like, "Man, you should have got some troops." So I was like, um, uh, I, "I I never did get any troops." That was more like my my brother was, you know, he was he was from that sort of like troop MCM um, era. But yeah, I got uh, these 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 British Knights in the fifth grade, and then um, do you know what models those are? Do you, I don't know what what my, like these aren't like BK Ultras or Diamond Cells or anything uh -huh. like that. I don't. I was too. I was too young to know. So you know, I threw away my box back then. I was ten years old. <laughs> um. So, uh, but I still have them. I mean, I just had them forever. And then uh, the first pair of Nikes that I think that I got was actually that same year. It was just later in, you know, like '88, and I got the um, the AC trainers, the the first Bo Jacksons with the little, with the strap. Yeah. Oh, on, the, on the front, it was just like, like gray on the back. Mm -hmm. I had those in maybe, yeah, that was like late, like 88. So I was 10. And like when, when you had them, you were already like, yo, this is it, man. This is the shit. Like you already felt like that connected to, 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 to the sneakers. Well, I mean, I, I lived in, um, in, in a, I guess you'd call it an inner city. Like I lived in Vallejo, California when I was, um, a kid and, uh, rode the bus and so everybody there was just sort of like like sneakers were a big deal you know like kind of like what you had on your feet was like really just sort of like that was that was like your, your whip when you were a kid mm -hmm. so um uh i would you know obviously i grew up 
like like everyone else, like listening to rap music and watching UMTV raps and um, hearing rap lyrics. And there was, uh, you know, a lot of lyrics at the time were were pertaining to like Nike Airs. And so I just knew that I needed to get myself a pair of Nike Airs. And so I got those. Um, and uh, I was sort of like, yeah, like, I, I mean, I personally preferred the cross trainer feel even at, you know, I mean, I'm wearing like size seven back then. Uh-huh. So um, I obviously wasn't, you know, I hadn't even hit puberty at that uh-huh. point. I think my, so then I think the next pair of Nikes I got were the, were the Jordan fives. And I, you know, I didn't even, they didn't even have the air bubble in them. They were the, oh you know, you know what I'm saying? Like they were like the kids. Yeah, from grade school. Yeah, they were like the, the kids, uh, Jordans. But, uh, you know, that was a big part of it. And so right around that same time was when um, the the street, the the sportswear started really coming into play. So um, I'm, I'm at that era where uh, I think like New Edition, I'm sorry, it's like, because New Edition, I, I sort of watched... Um, the older kids in my neighborhood, they were, um, they were the new edition era. And so they were the ones who started wearing the starter jackets and all the sort of like sportswear and things like that. And then that, you know, whenever new edition broke up and Bobby Brown and Belle Bib DeVoe and, um, you know, the fashion started evolving into that, like a little more loud sort of era. Um, they got rid of the dookie chains and they started wearing the, you know, like leather medallions and things like that. That was more where I started kind of noticing, you know, the, um, the connection between like the the hip hop music that I was listening to and then the the fashion that I was trying to um, replicate. And you were that like growing up in the Bay, like that that was the scene. Like that's what you were seeing as a young kid. Like that's what you were taking in. Yeah, yeah, I was definitely like I I, I definitely noticed that um, you know there were definitely some dudes that like had girls that were probably way out of their league, but <laughs> those clothes definitely made up the made up the difference for, for them, sure. you know, it was just that way. And well, and I, I don't necessarily know if it was the clothes per se, but it was just that whole kind of this attitude that went along with the clothes and the clothes are obviously a reflection of that. Yeah. So right then, you know, I'm, 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 that's when we get into like sort of that, like 1988, 1989, um, guess overalls, bootleg Bart Simpson shirts. And, um, the, the, actually the first shirt that I sort of noticed, man, at the bus stop in York and Marin and Vallejo, I saw this dude, he had the uh, the Fila Mickey Mouse, the Yo Baby, uh, Yo Baby Yo. I think it was like a maybe like a uh, Kappa or one of the fraternities had done it, and that just blew my mind about like I was like, oh shit, like like somebody made that. Like that wasn't made by Disney. Like that was you know like made by somebody like from from like this neighbor. Like you could have been from like you know any an an, an inner city. Yeah. And so that so that sort of like kind of planted the the seed in my mind for um like you know as far as like streetwear goes yeah like what you went on to do and all that shit david do you remember that era? yeah that like when people were getting like their cards pulled and shit that was slightly like like before my era like i remember like seeing like you know because i grew you know i started getting the sneakers like i remember my first sneaker that i ever saw was going to be the reebok pump and that was like the first pump the one with the big old the, with the release in the back and yeah. my, my cousin is the one who had them right but my cousin was an only child and he had a little more loot than us. And we were like fresh, like off the boat from Mex, you know? So I didn't have those. I, yeah. I still had the Ninja Turtle joints. And I remember like, yeah. I used to believe that the pump, you know, the actual pump would make you run fat. I mean, it looked so futuristic to me Hell at yeah. that time. Right. I was right? just yeah. like, yo, like I need those because they're going to make me jump higher, run faster, all that. But, you know, they were way out of my the price range. And then coming from an immigrant family, you know what I mean? You tell them like, you know, I want these name brand shoes. My parents would be like, man, you're crazy. You know, like you're going to get what you're going to get. And that's it. 
Yeah. Those were going for so, like, a, like a buck 50 back then. Right. Like, I mean, that was even, yeah. Even back then. Yeah. They were going Yeah, And like my cousin always, always had like the fly stuff. You know I mean? He had the, you know, he had the blockhead caps backwards. You know what I mean? The, the starter, the starter puffers, all that stuff. So it was like, man, like I really wanted to, he was like, maybe like two years older than me. You know, first time I seen a pair of shell toes, all that other stuff. So I was like, dude, I want this stuff, but I could never really get to it or, or like I could never really have it until maybe a little bit later when I started like when when uniforms hit like the Fresno school district. Um, that's mm-hmm. when I could actually like I was like, if I can't wear my regular clothes or the clothes that I want to wear, I have to wear button downs and, and dickies or whatever dockers, you know, the, the only way to really like, you know, like you said, like flex was feet. Yeah, was flex was going to be with this. With the footwear, you know, but I could only pick one pair, you know, and that had to last me the whole year. So I babied that pair. Like, like I would, (laughs) I would, you know, you know how when they, when they, when you go to this, to the, I think I went to just for feet, but when they hit you with that shoe cleaner with the brush top at the top, well, they got me and I ended up getting that thing and I would just clean them like every day, but the bottoms were so worn that, you know, yeah, yeah, that's just the way it was. And I remember, uh, I remember, I think it was. It was a pair of uh, Nike up tempos, and that was my first Nike, and that retailed for like ninety bucks. And my dad was like, "If you get any speck of dirt on these things, it's over for you." <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was like, "Wait, how 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 old are you, Dave?" I'm thirty six. Oh, okay. I'm so th- yeah, so there's the, I could because when you said just for feet, I was like, okay, that's definitely that area. Yeah. I think I'm. I was coming. I was actually coming down here to Fresno a lot back then because you know I have family here. Yeah. And so I and I also sort of noticed the. Um, sort of difference between um the foot we're seeing down here yeah and um and back in the bay you know so um i remember like you guys down here were definitely like um way more of a of a of like a chucks and vans like yeah community as opposed to the bay and the bay later like you know when the the pack like kind of put on but um and i remember when we were wearing like uh, this might be a little before your era but like the whole kind of like acg boots or like even la gear street hikers yeah, I, like <laughs> that was like completely that was like completely foreign to like fresno i remember coming down here and like the fresno kids being like what the f-? like nah we don't wear hiking boots down here bro yeah. Like, yeah the la gears came on like like already it already had the la tech the you know the lights and stuff like that so yeah uh, oh so it's already yeah like, so it was already yeah. there when i when i realized and i i thought that was the craziest thing in the world because i could see my friends like you know because we would play out to the streetlights came on and I could see them flashing in the corner. I'd be like, Oh, that's where the homies are, you know? And I, yeah, I'd go, yeah no, by, by then, it, by then they had already kind of went into that whole, like they'd done the Michael Jackson shoes and like, you know what I'm saying? Like they were already kind of like, they were kind of like for kids at that point, but there was like this period, bro, at least in the Bay where like they had those um, LA gears that had like the, you know what I'm talking about? Like the leather, like twist, like, you know, there's like, like fucking gills on the side of them. I don't recall what they were called. Yeah. I don't know what you know what I'm talking about? Like it was like twisted. Yeah. There were those, and those are kind of corny, like the kind of you know dudes are wearing those. But then, yo, like they had those Joe Montana street hikers. You guys ever seen those? I, I think I, I think I know what you're talking about. Bro, yeah. those were fucking fire. Like I, those are those were fucking were like you could get away with those were like the LA gear, you know. But um, and I remember wearing those down here, and I remember like these little bulldog dudes that live like three houses down, like from like my uh my aunt in the tower district, and they were like, "What the fuck are you wearing hiking boots, bro?" <laughs> like they were like, you know. So, but it, that, that just didn't fit the that just didn't fit the Fresno environment. You know what I mean? It was more like a like a cleaner, like um, more sort of like lighter lighter footwear. One thing that you guys were wearing down here that we weren't really wearing in the Bay was um, Adidas Sambas. I, I remember seeing like around the time that like cats were like wearing like Oakleys and shit down here. 
And like, I felt like everybody in Fresno had a mullet, like in like 1990, oh. like the whole damn city of Fresno had a mullet. And everybody had like those Oakley's blades. So this is probably before your guys' time. But I remember cats were wearing like bringing Adidas Sambas. And I remember being like, damn, like that's crazy. Like, you know, like we wore like the um, uh, the campus ones were the ones that, you know, you, they put the flat laces mm -hmm. in, at least in, in the bay. Um, but I remember being like, damn, that's like kind of like some, that's like a soccer shoe, right? I was like, um, and I, I that, that shit, I never saw that shit in the bay. Um, and I first time I ever saw it was here in Fresno. And I saw like a decent amount of cats wearing those. And like in recent recently, I've seen like those shoes are coming back, man. Like you're seeing like oh, yeah. ASAP Rocky was wearing those in his new video, and um, you'll see like just a lot of these like you know kind of like upscale hype like cats wearing like sambas now. So I got to give Fresno props for that, man. Fresno was the first place where I saw like street dudes like Broman sambas. LA and the Bay weren't doing that. Uh, -uh. I remember, I remember we did a lot of like you know like we had the samba, and then the Reebok Classic, the Reebok Classic, the nylon. The, oh, the, that that the was that was the that might be the official uh, shoe of Fresno in like 1992. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was the joint, and then and then you know obviously everybody wore Cortez. Yeah, everybody at least had like one pair, and even if they didn't have that pair, they had like the vagrants. You know what I mean? Like the like yeah, the, for sure. <laughs> like the the Fugazi ones. You know what I mean? Wasn't there one point where you guys had like a you guys had like a World Foot Locker down here? Yeah, we had a World Foot Locker in the mall with the two statues. Like they were holding. Yeah, up. I think one was holding up like the they were both holding up tennis balls. Yeah, like worlds, yeah, yeah, or something yeah, I, like that. I, yeah, and that shit was huge. And I remember going in there and like thinking that, like, um, you know, I was like, oh shit, like this probably have some fucking dope ass shit in there. And I remember I went in at one point, they just had like, like every fucking Cortez you could fucking think of. Like they were like they knew Fresno. They were like, we're gonna put every Cortez fucking colorway like known to man in here. Yeah, it was pretty much like Cortezes, and then they had like 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 three or four shoes of like the sneaker that was like that was yeah. like the new like the latest tech like. I, I remember sure. seeing like the foam, like the foam posit, like right up yep. front. You know what I mean? Like, yep. Like yeah. Right when you one. walked in, they would have like the foam posit. Yeah, like on like a, on, like a literally like a Roman pedestal type thing. They would have like the yeah, yeah, yeah. And it'd, be like, and it'd be like, oh, this is like the latest tech. And I used to think like I was like, dang. And then I looked at them price tags, and I was like, dang, this is crazy. You know? Yeah. Like them, the, the, that was through the roof. I was like, hell no. I think it was like over like uh, I think there was like one ninety nine at that time. Maybe, yeah. Maybe one seven. Yeah. It was it was wild. I was like, nah. I'll pass. <laughs> well, let's let let's let's go back to to Sam's story because I I because I, I mean you're like one of the best designers that that we know and 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 have seen and and like when when you were younger and you saw that that bootleg shirt and it like planted that seed in your brain that like yo you can make your own shit like what led you on a path to become like a a graphic designer especially that early on like because I I mean you must have been using like early versions of like Photoshop right. Yeah, um, shoot, man, like the first t-shirts I started doing, um, let's see, this would have been like 92, 93. Damn. Yeah, super early. Um, and I was, and so like we were just using um, the film uh, and like just cutting it out with an exacto. you know what I'm saying? So like one of the first shirts I ever printed was in my advanced graphics class and I made a, um, a Daz FX, um, like I did the Daz FX like logo. And we cut that out and um, you know, just lined them up and printed that. So first it was like, just, I was trying to make the t-shirts of the rap groups that I liked. Like I made a black sheep t-shirt. And then um, when I, the first one I think that I, where I put like my own spin on it was um, uh, during the whole, like sort of like East coast, West coast beef. I was a big Wu fan, obviously, but you know, I'm from the Bay and um, I would get, you know, back then like dudes used to like, 
like the gangbanger dudes, they would give you shit for like, you know, like, oh man, fuck, fuck that cheese toast, that cheese toast shit, fool. Like, you know, and they would like, like, like try to like clown on you for work. For, so I made this, um, uh, a woo, woo, woo logo, but I put West coast. So it's still like West, you know, oh, and that's kind of corny now, but like picture that in 90, yeah. 94, cats was like, Oh, was wild, shit, like, yeah. You know? yeah. In 94, that was the, yeah, it was 94, 95 was when I, yeah. Like. Right around the time that the loonies i got five on it came out i think i made that so it would have been, probably been like 95. but nonetheless i mean remember imagine like wearing that with like some with some fucking air max 90 95s i mean you know that was you were definitely stunting back then with that um but yeah i guess just pretty much um uh just means to just like take it up an, another level you know what i mean like i'm not i've never been a fan of like customizing shoes that's not you know but um uh i've always kind of like wanted to put my own spin on on t-shirts i think maybe because you know that that uh that mickey mouse feel a joint yeah i mean and then, you're, you're um, creative you got that like artistic creative mind and and you're thinking about shit like that all the time. No, no, nothing against people that nothing nothing against uh, people that customize shoes it's just for me like i just love sneakers so much you know what i'm saying and i just respect dudes like tinker and i respect like people that have like i don't know i just always sort of just stayed at it like i've never I'm just not a fan of the, I see some really dope shit that like dudes do when they do some custom joints, but just, I've never wanted to do any of that my, myself. Uh, I've told, I've told Dave this before, cause we, he and I have like, you know, got, had our little, little debates about, about Reebok and the only um, Reeboks that I've ever helped or the, the first pair of shoes that I ever helped design were uh, Kanye's Reeboks. Uh, but that's the only like, oh, we did a 90. We did a, um, we did an Air Max 90 for, um, there was supposed to be an FTK 90 and it never came out but what do you remember what model Reebok it was that you guys, uh, that you guys designed? I, I still have the like Adobe illustrator file for it. Like I basically made the template for uh -huh. it and then I gave him a bunch of color and then he, I, I showed him so that like he could change the, the colors on it, but, um, they came out, they, they're like a RBK, like, yeah. um, they have the little, the dropout bear oh, on them. They, they, they were out. Cause I think they, yeah they asked me if I wanted a pair of the samples and I was like, I'll never put my fair, my feet in a pair of Reeboks. Oh, so. <laughs> <what>? <laughs> I just said, nah, like I'm good. You know, like, I don't know why I was, I, I think I had just bought the, um, I don't know why I didn't even take, I don't know why I didn't take them. I have no idea. Cause I, I, I do have Reeboks. Like I said, I own a pair of S dots. I own the D Brown, uh, pumps. Mm -hmm. Um, so for the collection, but I don't know why I was just on some other shit back then. Maybe I was just trying to be a fucking idiot or something. Damn, bro. But it's a piece um, of history right there. Yeah, those are yeah, I don't know why I didn't um like I said, I literally have the sketches that like Kanye like sketched it out and like sent it via AOL instant messenger <laughs> and then I like drew it in Illustrator. How, how did that relationship know? come about? Sure. Like talk to us more about like because you eventually you got you went on to I mean correct you created the dropout bear, right? Yeah. The um the so I have a um Bobby, um the the Yeah um, shout out to he, Bobby had a relationship with this um, uh, dude, um, Drew. Um, shout out to my man Drew from Instrumental um, out in Chicago. And uh, Drew was uh, was good friends with 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 Kanye and Don. So he had Kanye had um, uh, sent the the uh, photo shoot from where he had the uh, the mascot head. Uh -huh. And um, he had a bunch of pictures, you know, just a bunch of different ones that they hadn't really decided on what the album cover was going to be yet. And so then I just took that picture into Illustrator and I just sort of based the, um, the head off of that. Plus, like, um, you know, Kanye and I had had like conversations about polo, like we had talked, you know, traded polo pieces and things. So um, I knew that he was a, you know, 
uh, a polo fan. So it just sort of made sense to like, you know, incorporate the bear. So I created the little bear icon. And when we sent that to him, he was like, yo, like, this is going to be like my shit. Like, I'm just going to run, like, this is going to be my, my thing. Like, how much do you want for it? And Bobby and I were like, like, just have it. You know what I mean? Like, whatever, like, I, you know, and, and, um, uh, but we were like, Hey, can you send us, um, your, uh, album cover in a, in a Photoshop document? And, um, can we put a extra page? So yeah, we put for fan club information and merchandise, log on to KanyeWest.com. And then he said, well, I don't have a shopping cart on KanyeWest.com. And KanyeWest.com is actually ran by, uh, Rockefeller, by the guys at mm-hmm. the rock. So, um, so we were like, Hey, um, we just got like our, um, shopping cart encrypted. And that was like a you know cool thing back then. And we were pushing a lot of LRG at the oh, time. I remember I was um, copping. <laughs> yeah. That was like one of the, yeah. Right. Like we were one of the only places where you could buy LRG yeah. on, like us and digital gravel. So, um, so we put in, um, you know, the extra money to get like a encrypted shopping cart. And, uh, so what Bobby did was he, Bobby got the, um, HTML code from the guys at the rock who were maintaining Kanye's website. And he just put that into FTK online. So when you went to, when you clicked on shopping cart on Kanye West or store on KanyeWest.com, it actually took you to FTK online slash Kanye West, but it had the exact same, um, like, um, HTML, um, code. So it had the exact same background and you just didn't even notice that you were actually on our shopping cart as opposed to we started doing, we started fulfilling all of the orders for um, Kanye. And I'm, I've, I've, I've said this before. I honestly thought that college dropout was just going to be kind of like a uh, whatever album. And, you know, they're going to take all of Kanye's good beats and give them to like Cameron or beans. And um, I did not expect the college dropout to blow up. Like it did. I still worked a, a day job. I had a, a job at a sign shop that I worked in the morning. We would come in and, um, you know, open up Outlook and see how many orders we got. And so if we got like, you know, 70 orders, you know, like we got a new shipment of LRG, like we were going to Sizzler, like we were like, oh shit, 70 orders. And then um, I come in like the day college dropout drops and there were like 350 orders in there. And then the next day there was like 400 mm-hmm. something orders. And then the next day there's you know 500 and just kept going up. And I was like, oh man, like I can't physically screen print these anymore. We got to, um, you know, start beefing up so but yeah we did the we did the first merch for um uh his college dropout and then for late registration yeah and it was it was it was like uh, it was huge like it was it's iconic still iconic to this day like one of the biggest yeah i mean yeah talk about, talk Bro, about like this just, guy like the branding is it's unbelievable like i mean to this day like i mean i just i just pushed i just sold a um a shirt that never came out this um miracle whip t-shirt that just for licensing we couldn't sell and um i got kind of yelled at <laughs> because you know I, I printed i printed um i think i printed like 72 uh-huh. of them and uh there's only a few of them left that i can find although somewhere i think i might have a box somewhere but uh yeah this some dude dm'd me and was like uh, hey i'll give you a freaking rack for it and i was like well, that's kind of <laughs> like you know it's kind of like you know it's, it's kind of dear to me like I, I don't know if i'll ever find another one of these again and then I mentioned that I had uh, gotten offered a rack for it. And some other, you know, dude DM'd me and was like, hey, I'll give you 1500 for it. And I ended up just recently selling it for 1200 bucks. Damn. So I mean, I $1,200 $1, for his t-shirt. Now, you know, it's yeah. like, it's just, that's nuts to me that like, and these, and the, um, the kid that bought it was, you no, know, I think like 25 years old. So, I mean, 
you know, was he like five years old when the album came Yo, out. He must be pumped though. He must be pumped. Yeah. You know? But like, yo, so FTK like was, is, was like so ahead of its time and shit. Like, can you just talk about, I think for the people listening who don't know what FTK is, if can you just talk about like, yeah, you know, you know what it is and, and what it is to you and, and why you started it? Um, so when I first moved, um, to the Valley, I, I moved here to go to school and, um, I met this, uh, this, this dude, Bobby, who was a DJ down in Visalia and, he was putting out these mixtapes called for the kids. And, um, it was basically like his, his, uh, mixtape that he put out every you know, month or so. And, um, he was in a record pool. So he would just put out like all of the, um, music that he was getting in his record pool. And he was getting, you know, like the raucous stuff and he was getting like the, um, you know, harder to find like Jay and big L stuff. And, uh, it was, it was just basically a, a mixtape of music that just wasn't readily available in central California before the internet and so i linked up with him because we had very similar tastes in music and i started doing uh, album covers for the weathermen and um, megahertz and rjd2 and uh, it was kind of dope hooking up with him because he was connected with artists that i was previously listening to so he had me doing uh, t-shirt designs and doing uh, album covers for for these guys and we started this website called centralcali.com and this is pre-social media. So this is like a message board was the main base of it. And everybody used to go on there. Um, Dave, you remember that? Did you used to go on yeah, there? Yeah, man. That's how I actually discovered FTK. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So and we had like a sneaker forum on yeah, there. That's, and like, this is, you yeah, know. <laughs> that, I, it was tight. And then like when you would log on there, like you would always have like a like an instrumental or something. You know what I mean? I remember you would have like a mob D yeah, instrumental yeah. or something. You'd be like, oh, man. And it was like a, almost yeah, like a yeah, little definitely. secret, you know, because nobody really knew what was going on, you know? yeah yeah but you know like it was it, the crazy part though is like what i loved and even whenever ftk became a store was that like everybody it was kind of like a secret to everybody but then it blew up and it became like we had like ten thousand registered members on there but every every little city in the valley had like it's this little group of kids that like thought that they were the only ones in the world listening to atmosphere yeah. you know what i'm saying or thought that they were the only ones that knew about like sneakers like you know what i'm saying like hanford has its heads and then dinuba has its heads and all these little cities have like their little pockets of like cats that think that they're the only people in the world that like you know are wearing air max 98s you know what I'm saying? so um and um so central cali became like the connector of all of that and we had talked about putting because oh around that time was when i made the nickel nickel nine t-shirts and so I was um, slanging a lot of those. Bobby was selling his mixtapes. And we were like, man, we should uh, open up a store, pretty much just use it to warehouse our stuff that we were selling online. Like Bobby wanted to sell like all of his extra records that he was getting in his record pool. And I wanted a place to sell Nickel Nickel Nine t-shirts. And then in the back, I had my screen printing equipment. And we, uh, yeah, and then we, so we started, but I mean, that only lasted, I only had the screen printing equipment there for maybe like, oh gosh um maybe two three months i mean because we just needed we just needed the space so and i when we first opened we were selling records you know like just music on vinyl like so stuff you couldn't couldn't really find anywhere else and then um the uh you know like hyro t-shirts and um rhyme stayers t-shirts and uh then this one little uh underground brand that we we picked up some dudes that i was was cool with they had done a planet asia t-shirt and um brand was called uh, lrg and at first when we started carrying them, they were just you know t-shirts and hats 
then they put out some jeans and I mean, it just started blowing up and eventually we just knocked down the wall that had separated the store part from my screen printing part because we needed the space. And so we sort of grew into streetwear with LRG. LRG is what really pushed us sort of into um, being, you know, more fashion oriented than graffiti, you know, just B-boy hip hop kids. I mean, I remember, and, I remember uh, like going there when I was a kid with my homies and we were like taggers and shit. And it was like, it was so dope. Like we would take the bus up there to buy like fucking, this is a black this is a black black blackstone one yeah blackstone and shaw we would take the nine okay. yeah. all the way from like central high school in fresno and we would go down there and it was the only place that we like out of respect we didn't steal anything like we would steal everything yeah, like yeah. it didn't matter bro like we would go into anything like we would just help ourselves like we were just racking stuff like crazy but only only fdk we never we never racked anything never even thought about it but we would go to i mean i remember we would go to like that the right across the street was that or right across from you guys was that more furniture place. We would go in there and like drink all the, the amenities they had for the <laughs> customers and shit. And <laughs> it was wild, bro. FTK was just un unprecedented. Um, it's ahead of its time for sure. What about you, David? Um, my all right. So I discovered FTK, you know, off off the off the Central Cali uh forums, and then. I, me and me and my neighbor, my neighbor Kyle, we drove all the way down to Visalia to go check out this store, you know. And this is like this is before he had all of the LRG stuff and stuff like that. And I think it's because and and the reason we discovered you know the Central Valley uh the forums and stuff like that is because I think one of our like you know how like you have like your high school security guards, I think he was a rapper right, and his name was I forgot his name, but he had a group with this dude named uh with dj hectic and so i remember dj hectic. yeah yeah well you know he had a, he had a he had a group with hectic i think it was called the red room and they performed at our high school you know <laughs> and so like he's the one who kind of like put us on and so we drove down there and and we're thinking it's going to be like this huge shop and it's literally like a little like a little corner store dude it was small you know but i remember they had like you said they had like a like like the nickel nickel 90s and things like that and i bought one and, and i and i bought one and uh i was like pumped and then i went to this uh i also went to the show because they used to have a uh, like hip-hop shows and this is when little brother was like i uh i think it was their first album i think it was the listening but we went to uh downtown you know it was it was a pizza place called mom and pops and we went out there and i didn't know there was this whole scene you know like a whole like i guess like underground hip-hop scene and it was just dope. You know, I was like, dude, this is crazy. And then, you know, I just kept on the boards. You know, I, I was learning more and more about like limited releases, like, and you know, the things like that, as far as like the sneakers, because I've always loved sneakers, but I didn't know there was like, I didn't know that somewhere in the Central Valley, there was somewhere like, you know, like other people like me, everything you could do was like, you know, through the internet, like you said, like through digital gravel, if you wanted like the cool stuff, like that was that, but that's, but they, so you saw you saw Little Brother live at FTK? <laughs> no, not at FTK. It was a, it was a, it was a show that was put on. Oh yeah, the, oh. Mean, like, by them. Yeah, we put it. That's right. We um, Bobby was part of ABB, uh, which is a record pool out of the Bay, and Little Brother was signed to uh, to that label. So the first time they came through Cali, they were like hitting us up about like, hey man, like could you get us a show out here? Well, talk about the sneaker wall there, David. We used to go in there. I used to go with you, and I you used to just like try on shoes and buy shit. 
All well, like, like every week, every time you got paid, you would go there. <laughs> well, like all right, like well, like when FTK finally came to Fresno. Yeah, because I was about to say like, the what I was talking what I was talking about was like was the ones in Visalia. That was where we, you know, and then we opened oh. up the um the Fresno store in two thousand five. So a lot of people don't know we had a store in Visalia from two thousand four. I'm sorry, two two thousand one. We actually opened it the day that the blue uh blue I got the keys on nine eleven the day blueprint dropped. So um, we had a two, oh, and then we opened up our second store in two thousand five, and then that's whenever I started seeing Dave because I remember Dave. That was when we had all those um those uh, dope ass Reeboks. Remember we had like the ventilators and those. Yeah, you had like the denim ventilators. I think you had maybe like the OG, and then the Miami Vice. Yeah, we had the, and yeah. like nobody was nobody was buying them. You yeah. know what I mean? It was just me. Yep. Like you know, yep, and the and, and a few New Balance. Yeah, the 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 you know the five seven fours. So I just I would go in there all the time, and like it was just like. You know, you guys were also one of the, this is, you know, early when like the hundreds was there and you guys were like the only dudes that like had the hundreds. And I was like, yo, I got to go in there. And so I bought like, you know, all the early hundreds tees. I remember like the, the, the Indians, uh logo flip with a white dude. Yeah, it was yep. called the honkies. Yeah, the honkies. Yep, yep. yeah. And then it had, and then it had the Adam bomb, the, you know, it had the bomb in the back. Yeah. Hundreds, you know, it's huge. Yeah. It was just, it was, it was cool. You guys had like, you know, what is it like temple effectives? I mean. All kinds of all kinds of stuff, and then plus you had all the music that I wanted, all the albums. Back when you know people were still, still buying albums. buying actual CDs and stuff like that, yeah. So it was just like, yo, this was like my spot, you know. Yeah, we were, and then we had like we had like every colorway of the the nickel 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 nine shirt in the house. I remember. Yeah, that's we had every colorway. I don't I don't know if we had bootlegs or if we had. You had though. You got the, you sure got the real ones because really. I don't think there were bootlegs yet back then. We got robbed. Like somebody ran up in there with a gun and like pulled the strap on uh, Will one time, but uh, we we didn't oh, we didn't shit. get um uh yeah it was over some Andre Nicotina tickets he just like basically the dude just took the cash from <laughs> he and his homies came in bought like thirteen Andre Nicotina tickets so it was like they dropped like three bills and then basically the dude was like hmm I'm gonna come rob that fucking let me get that kid if like just robbed it back the the most Fresno shit of all time yeah. Right I was there. like, bro, like you, you could have took like, you know, there was obviously like, you know, our little like bank deposit bag was in the back. He didn't, he didn't take that. He was just like, I'm gonna get that, I'm gonna get my loot back. <laughs> yeah, I remember when they, when they, when they carved up your window, oh, and man. I remember in the central, in, in, in the forums, you guys were like, yo, we looking for this dudes who ever carved up our window. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, damn, they got like it was like it was like a sacred place, man. Yeah. I remember the backdrop. I remember the big run DMC right there. What was it? Right by the dressing rooms and stuff like that. Oh, bro. Hold up. Oh, you still got it. Yeah, man. Oh, you know, I don't throw nothing away. Come on. All right. So eventually the recession hit at some point, you know, and, uh, and so, and, and, and I guess FTK had to unfortunately be closed down. Yeah. And, um, like you became the the director of marketing for the Grizzlies, the, uh, the local, um, minor league baseball team in Fresno. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, when the recession started first started, you know, kicking in like right around 2008. Um, that's when Bobby was like, Hey, um, I'll just close the stores. Well, you know, and so we closed the Visalia store in 2008 and then I bought him out because I had this idea that if, um, I brought in my vintage clothing collection, you know, sort of has kind of like a Buffalo exchange type thing for just like streetwear and Fresno just wasn't getting it at all. You know? So, I mean, we actually had the first, vintage um streetwear store on the west coast um in fresno but i mean like you know to this day i probably won't even know that because it's at the time they were you know all the different like loud ass you know um, neff and 
um, you know, super, <laughs> like bright, 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 bright pink um, Supra's and, you know, uh, famous stars and strat and that type of stuff. So yeah, 2000, um, uh, uh, 2010, um, we had the vintage section in there. We had one of those bootleg Bart Simpson t-shirts and Fash, uh, Fashion, local artist, um, <clears throat> it was going on, you know, be much bigger than local. I was in the shop mm-hmm. and he saw um, the bootleg Bart Simpson shirt and he was like, oh man, I just wrote a song called Black Bart Simpson. And I was like, oh damn, we should do a, um, a Fashion Simpson, uh, you know, Bart Simpson t-shirt. So I did one of him, like basically it was just Bart, like wearing just a bunch of like um, the old purple Fresno Grizzly stuff. And that was when he had just came out with the Grizzly City Kush, um, you know, strain. And so uh, they want me to put a, 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 a joint in his hand. And so, of course, boom, I get a, a cease and desist letter from the Fresno Grizzlies. I go down to, um, you know, the, to Chansey Park to talk to um, the marketing department there, talk to the guys there about it. And they kind of get it. And they're like, and they're actually super cool. Like Derek, the guy who's the president now, he's mad cool. And um, they were like, um, yeah, just take away the, the, the joint you guys can still run with it and then this guy walmer that was there was like hey um what do you think about doing a um collab like new era with with us and i was like oh that'd be really dope like we did the new f slash with the old purple colors and we ended up pushing 144 of them in like one day which was kind of unheard of for them on a non-game day you know so then they uh-huh. were like do you want to be a um do you want to be a merchandise consultant for us and at that time you know it was the recession like i was getting like really tired of um having bills coming in and you know minimal income so i was like hey like having a side job would be would be cool so i started working there um and that's when i came up with the idea for taco truck throwdown and they offered me like a full-time position like you know oh actually they they, they also hired me as a graphic designer and then um when i came up with the concept for taco truck throwdown and that kind of took off they offered me a position of a marketing manager and um so i closed uh ftk on sean blackstone in 2011 because just ultimately i I just i wanted to um open it in downtown but i knew that i was gonna have to put in a lot of work in the trenches in downtown trying to make downtown the urban inner inner city environment that i needed i basically needed to what i want to say like kind of um Oh, uh, did, like I needed to get the get the garden right before I could, you know, replant the for sure. Yeah, you know, the the roots again, and so that's kind of what I, I I just did with the Grizz. I kind of used and and the Grizz were cool with this. I told them I go, hey, I'm pretty much using the Grizzlies being the largest anchor tenant in downtown Fresno as a platform to just create dope shit in downtown because that's what I need to keep my core uh, customers here. Yeah, and you did that. I mean, you did that like the the taco throwdown that that was huge, right, David? Yeah. Well, the first one had like what, like four trucks? Six. Yeah, six trucks. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Yeah, it, yeah. Was out. it was it was cool. I, I could get to every taco truck. You know? yeah, like, that's right. That's right. By, yeah, yeah. by the end, dude, I, I gotta be there four hours early just to get some tacos. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, Dave, don't Dave, crazy. don't act like you're only eating four. You know you're eating six tacos. Yeah. So. Well, you know what I'm saying. I had to hit yeah. all of them. So four yeah, each yeah. one was it was yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I remember, I remember, I remember the Grizzly stuff. You know what I mean? The the whole, you guys did a lot of cool stuff with the Grizzlies and stuff like that. And then that that drop F, and then you, you know, you also put on Dory and you know what I mean, Cuddy or whatever. You know, and yeah. he brought a bunch yeah. of cool stuff. Yeah, but just you know, everything was just crazy. Like I, I remember the- for 
a few hot years, you know what I mean? Like it was that was it. It was just Grizzly Gear was like the biggest street, like you say, the biggest streetwear label in Fresno. You know, it was like dang, like I I, I used to go to the team store and just buy everything from the Fresno's t-shirt, you know what I mean? The yeah. Bo Jackson flip to the <laughs> You know what I mean to the to the nineteen ninety eight cap? You know what I mean? I was just I was I was wilding out out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, you were. I would see you in there all the time. You were definitely like you know you're 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 pretty well stocked up on that stuff, man. That's and then a lot of the um, FTK customers came over and were sort of um you know became became fans of the of the of the Grizzlies gear. Yeah, you. I mean, like, and like you, <laughs> how do you find so much like, like it just seems like you're endlessly creative. Like you're always making shit. Like eventually you you i mean many years down i mean you did so much stuff i mean we could do a whole podcast just on what you with what you did with the grizzlies but eventually you 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 took that that uh that that idea that tupac had for a a restaurant i made it into a reality and it was like a huge hit oh yeah yeah that was palmecca yeah the palmecca um so we had done the uh so take three des desiree washington a good friend of mine owns this restaurant uh take three on fulton and you know, a lot of the stuff while I'm working at the Grizz and doing stuff with them, it was also, like I said, important to me to like just kind of create energy in downtown Fresno. So I was trying to, you know, do stuff with mm-hmm. Tioga and do stuff with um, uh, Full Circle and all these different, you know, places downtown. Yeah, but, the 40 ounces. Yeah. And so De- Des um, uh, and um, um, her, her dad are like, you know, really good people and um, have been a um, you know, kind of a staple business downtown for a while. But when they were first starting, I'd mentioned to her, I said, hey, um, every year on March 9th, I always do sort of like this biggie, notorious, you know, uh, biggie. I eat a T-bone steak with uh, cheese eggs and well, what is great. And she's like, you know, oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Like, do you think that if we were to do like a, you know, pop-up um, cafe uh, at your spot, you think that like people would fuck with it? And she's like, I don't know, let's find out. And so we did, and it was cool. It was it wasn't huge like the Pac one, but um, it was cool. And then um, when that was done, it was a much better turnout than we had expected. And Dad said, you know, like I'm, uh, I was always more of a Pac fan. And I said, yeah, I'm sure most people in Fresno are. And um, she said, what could we do? Do you think we could do like a Pac version of this? And then I just flashed in my head. I remembered in that Tupac book where there was those sketches of um, the, you know, like the how Tupac wanted to have a, a soul food restaurant called the Powamecca Cafe. And um, it stuck out to me because I remember like when Kanye would send me sketches, and, um, you know, we would like be sort of like arguing back and forth or, you know, like kind of whatever, not seeing eye to eye. I, I remember telling myself like, damn, like, could you imagine working with Pac? What that would have been like, like, you know, no, motherfucker, I want this. Like, you know, like, I go like, I, like anytime I had like any, like, you know, like uh, frustrations with Kanye, I would tell myself, well, fuck, you could be working with like working MOP and getting your ass beat right now. So, you know, like whatever. So, uh, <laughs> or, and so, but that stuck out in my, in, in my head about the power Mecca thing. And I remember seeing that sketch and I was like, man, I actually want to create that logo for Pac. And then I was like, yo, bust it. Like we could actually create that fucking restaurant for him, you know? So then on the um, 20 year anniversary of his death, we were like, what, but you know, like what better way to you know, remember him by bringing to life something that he wanted to, to bring to life. And that was just, that just, it just blew up like Rolling Stone, People Magazine, the Today Show. Um, shit, I think we even did an interview with like the BBC. We just broadcast, not, not, not Pharrell, the uh, bringing uh, like the, you know, the, the, uh nbc or whatever of of, of like yeah, united, yeah. of united kingdom so yeah it was huge man that was like you know super huge what was on the menu 
Um, so we had, uh, so I saw this interview with uh, Shock G where he said that he never saw Pac eat a vegetable. He said that like Pac only ate chicken, <laughs> chicken, chicken wings and Hennessy, you know? So then that was where I, you know, was like, okay, let's make uh, Hennessy uh, chicken wings. And so, <laughs> you know, people like every people have done it like all over the place now. But I swear to God, man, you can go check like the first place that there was ever Hennessy chicken wings was here in Fresno, California. Yeah, Palomeca Cafe for sure. I believe it, bro. But what, what, you, you, I mean, you obviously have like a passion for food and shit. Like I'm watching like your Instagram stories. You're always making shit. Like you made shit for the uh, for the food that was at the Grizzly Stadium. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and it, it, well, you know, where does that come from? <laughs> I mean, it's just another kind of uh, platform. I mean, like, you know, you were mentioned, like you used to write, like, um, I mean, it's just always, you always kind of want to like spend something. And I think that uh, food just became most, I'm, I'm sure that most like classically trained chefs, like they probably fucking hate me because like, I'm just in there just, you know, like wiling out. I'm basically applying graffiti to, um, to food or just, um, I guess it's like the basic core of hip hop, you know, taking that sample and like flipping it into something else. And so that's sort of like where I guess all my ideas come from is just kind of that idea of um, taking, 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 taking something, just trying to flip it and trying to like, you know, put your, put your B-boy stance on it where with, um, with minor league baseball food, it's always, you know, you're always trying to come up with something like crazy and kind of wild. So with the, the chickle or the Franken slice and things like that, I was just basically trying to think of like how I combine two different elements and get a new element. Okay. For example, right. Like, the, the, the Franken slice, um, our two number one selling food items at the, at the stadium was like a slice of pizza and a hot dog. And one day we were talking about stuffed crust pizza. And then I was just like, yo, what if I put a fucking hot dog in that, in that shit? You know, and like normally, like if it was like, if that was just like some FTK shit, like I would have been like, I would have thought I was too cool to do that. I've been like, oh no, I'm not gonna, you know, but like at the Grizz, it was just like family entertainment and it was just meant to like, just do like whatever, like outlandish like crazy shit and so like i was like fuck and then as we started thinking about it, we were like yo that shit would actually it would pretty much be kind of like a bagel dog or whatever if you just you just kept the crust afterwards and so we just made one we made like a prototype and then dorian this is when dorian was an intern and i was like hey dorian could you do a character of this and a lot i think of the success of a lot a, a lot of the success of our foods were based on the fact that we could do cool like logos and branding and and we had the artwork to go along with it also yeah, for sure. And 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 you also have like a crazy ass junk food collection, right? Like you collect yeah. like yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that shit's wild, bro. Like uh, it's wild. And I'm pretty sure like that must inform like your creative process in some kind of way. Yeah, I mean, bro, honestly though, the um like my my junk food collection, um I was always into like marketing and branding and so when I would go someplace and I'd see like a crazy like label or something, I would keep it and whatnot. But um the Oreo shit was honestly just like, I was kind of just being like a, like an ironic or kind of like sarcastic dick. Like whenever everybody started getting into like sneaker collecting and I'm talking about like people that literally used to like, like make fun of me. Like they used to call me like Amelia Marcos or they like used to be like, yo, why do you have so many shoes? Like that's gay. And, um, <laughs> and then like, you know, a few years later, like, like these dudes are like collecting sneakers now. And so then I was on some like, you know, typical backpacker, like, Oh, I don't, people have heard of Eminem now. I don't want to listen to him, you know? So, um, I was like, Oh, sneaker collecting. I don't do that shit anymore, man. I, I, and I was like, I collect, um, I collect limited edition Oreos. Like I just said it just like clowning, just being sarcastic. And then 
I ended up with the world's largest fucking collection of Oreos. Fuck, <laughs> like, dude, this dude's got every Oreo of all Oreos. Yeah, yeah. like so. But honestly, it, it literally just started as me like just being a fucking dick, and then, um, and then it just actually <laughs> became, you know, what I'm saying like I just I I started same thing with the with the with the Applebee shit. Like I just used to go there just like to piss hipsters off because I knew hipsters were like you know, oh, I would never eat at Applebee's, and I was like, oh, those Dollaritas kind of slap, and so I would go. You know, just but just being ironic, and then now, like people are like, oh, oh, Sam, you really fuck with Applebee's, and I'm like, eh, I really do fuck with Oreos, though. <laughs> so, yeah, yo, them stuffed cheese meatballs are pretty good, man. At Applebee's, you mean? Yeah, right. Hey, <laughs> hey, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know why people yeah. sleep. You know, but whatever. Dip those uh, the boneless bad boys and some spinach artichoke. <laughs> oh, spinach bro, artichoke dip. you know what I mean? You're killing yeah. them out there, you know. And then they're, uh, I mean, I don't know. If you get them fresh, sometimes you can tell that like, they've been sitting out there and they're just all hard. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they're legit. I'll, I'll tear it up. You know what I mean? For sure, man. And I think that's part of it too. I guess it's part of like the whole. Um, it was it was hella important to me not to not to become one of these like creatives that are like too cool and too hipster for. Um, uh for everything you know what i'm saying like you know sometimes like you'll i don't know about you guys but sometimes when i'm watching like stephen colbert or at least when i used to watch like the colbert report i'd be like yo like can this dude ever be serious though because you know what i'm saying like he's he's always like so so sarcastic and so like uh ironic i'm like like with i think he said it once he's like i don't want to get to a point where i go home and tell my uh kid like hey i love you son and he goes ha dad you know so right, like yeah. i it was always it was always important to me to like kind of like not be too like fucking witty and creative. So I always kind of wanted to like balance it out with some uh, with a contrast. You know, if you feel yourself, it's the same thing with like like hip hop music, man. You start listening to like too much KRS One, like you're gonna like <laughs> you gotta go yeah. on, immediately go listen to some Brother Lynch. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta balance your fucking <laughs> equilibrium. <laughs> yeah, you can't be so one sided out here. That's my my biggest thing is just being myself. You know, I just. I go out here, like, you know, with the Instagram and all that other stuff, I just post whatever the fuck I want, you know? Nobody's yeah, going to really nobody. tell me, like, there's really, like, if you fuck with it, you fuck with it. If you don't, then you don't, you know? It's just the no, way it real. is. For real, for real. No, that's, 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 that's dope. But, yeah, that was the um, uh, um, the, the, the food stuff uh, was, was I think, something also that was a necessity that I feel like, um, for, to me, like, I, I hella wanted Fresno to own that they like the taco trucks were invented here and i was like man like why are we not proud of this you know what i'm saying like this is something that like yeah they're doing in other cities yeah. and, and talk talk about that because like i feel like like i mean anybody who listens back to this will like hear how much how passionate you are about like fresno and putting fresno on and how important it is for you to like put fresno on the map and it's just underrated and and it's being slapped on i think but i mean to to well, to be honest, man, I mean, like Fresno does. Again, I love Fresno, and I'm you know a huge champion for it. But Fresno does bring a lot of this on itself because we just refuse to like be ourselves. If that makes sense, like um, uh, like when I go to other cities and I see that <clears throat> they have their own uh, type of music not like their spin on a type of music from somewhere else, like, you know, like New Orleans and Baltimore and um, uh, Memphis and Atlanta, like they all have like their own, like literally their own type of music that is like just a, uh, um, a product of their environment. And they have like their type of like, you know, gumbo or um, uh, you know, St. Louis ribs and I'm, I'm sorry, Memphis ribs or, you know, whatever, like there's like, there's all of yeah, these yeah. like 
particular type of foods. And I, I didn't feel like Fresno was doing a good job of like branding that or one, even creating it. And if it was created, like people were so like, if you, if, if someone was, was truly doing something like unique in Fresno, it was almost like they were like, kind of like hiding it until someone in like another city did it. And then they might put it out, you know? And I was like, like, I, I, I did not understand how people in San Francisco were, you know, do all these foodies were doing all these hipster food trucks and doing like these, you know, smoked duck tacos and things like that. And I was like, yo, like fucking taco trucks were invented, like here, like right here in the, in, 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 yeah. in this, in Fresno County. And, um, so that was something that I, I definitely want with taco truck throwdown. It was important to, to me and Mike Oz also that, uh, it was just taco trucks and we didn't turn it into like this, like, you know, a foodie, you know, um, type of event. And, um, I think that's kind of where the whole like Applebee's things maybe come, comes into play. I, cause I, I kind of consider myself like an anti-foodie, I guess. Yeah. You're anti-foodie, but you're like, so aware of like what's going on in culture and shit. And yeah. Uh, um, and I, you know, and I, it's a it's inspiring for me, like being from Fresno. I'm not born in Fresno, but I was basically raised here, and um, I just think it's dope. Like you're, you're always putting it on, and I mean, when you're gonna, I I, gonna I do. I'm definitely like you know, I might be the Henry Kissinger <laughs> that like gets K Rich or uh, or DJ Hectic um, elected. You know, we sure, might we sure. might we might we might send Des to we might send Des to Congress, but um, well, you got you got the marketing skills to do it, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 I definitely wouldn't mind, you know, being on a, um, a campaign for someone else. But uh, I mean, but I mean, obviously, though, I have a lot to benefit from it, too, um, you know, by branding Fresno. And mm -hmm. sort of like when you had mentioned that the recession hit and um, I had what I called the, uh, the Fulton Mall epiphany. And um, I was I was working for the Grizz, but I still had FTK open up on Sean Blackstone and I was taking my uh, my lunch break and I was walking on the Fulton Mall and I was like sort of thinking about FTK and I was like, damn, like, um, you know, I was, I was wearing a nickel, nickel nine t-shirt and it was all faded. And I was like, man, like I sold 10,000 nickel, nickel nine t-shirts, but I can't sell a nickel, nickel nine t-shirt in Oakland. I can't, you know, it's, it's mm -hmm. only, um, I built an urban brand for a, uh, a region that doesn't have an urban core. And I was like, I'm losing. I'm losing my best customers every year because there was at the time there was really no place for them to live the urban experience. So by me creating FTK, I, you know, I, I think I've said in other interviews before, like some random kid that grew up in Clovis, like he might've just been a regular dude that grew up and bought a lifted truck and spent his, his, his weekends at the coast. But now because he's, you know, coming to FTK at some point in his life, now he's spending his money on, you know, uh, Futura dunks and, you know, buying obey prints and, you know, listening to, you mm -hmm. know, like his, his life has changed to a more inner city style, but there was no inner city for him to actually live that. And so he was moving to Austin, moving to Portland, moving to Santa Cruz, moving, you know, moving to other cities where they could actually live that experience. And when I was on the Fulton mall, I was like, yo, like we had this here years ago, but sprawl just fucking, we abandoned it. Like it's literally here. Like, um, and I just kind of had that epiphany where I was like, fuck, dude, like I have to try to help turn this into a freaking city because that's the only place where this brand that I built to exist in a city is going to flourish if I don't try to apply myself to helping you know, create a more um, aesthetic that is more conducive to the brand. Yeah. And a lot 
a lot of people will say that shit and they won't do it you know yeah and i mean so i guess the reason why i wanted to say that was like i mean i don't want to try to act like i'm like too righteous like um everything i do isn't you know for the kids it it, it is the majority of it and but but like the things that I do for the kids, like benefit me as well. So I've, I've just kind of like, even with the Grizzlies, man, I, I, I aligned it to where like my goals would benefit all of us. So same thing with like, if, like if I, do, yeah. Oh yeah. The shit that I do for the kids in Fresno is going to be, what's good for the kids in Fresno is going to be good for me at the end of the day. And so I just kind of just set up my life goals as, as, as such. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't, I, I definitely don't want to like come off as like, I'm some like pious martyr that is, you know, out here, like, you know, putting himself on a cross for the kids. I'm out here drinking Hennessy and freaking turning up for the kids, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and like, you know, it's, it's, but, but, but building in the process. Yeah. I mean, you give and you take, you give and you take and, and, and there's, I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's the way to do it, honestly. Um, but you, yeah. you also, you're, you're also the host of a podcast, a closed minded podcast, which, I listen to every episode. David listens to it. Nice. We plugged it on the YouTube channel, so some of the people who, who, who are listening to this from the YouTube channel probably know about it. Can you talk about, you know, why you started the podcast and 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 what it is? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I tend to like, you know, either 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 you fuck with me, either you like me, or either you like can't stand me. And I know that. I mean, it's just been like that since I was, you know, in kindergarten. So, um, I knew that there was a particular or narrative that I wanted to get out there. I really wanted customers for FTK when I reopened. I really um, wanted to have a base of customers that like knew their shit. You know, and, like you can tell by like you know watching your guys' um, episodes that you guys like know your shit. You know what I'm saying? And then um, I, I was very proud that like the majority of the kids who grew up in FTK, I feel like know their shit. And so during that like vacuum of FTK and, and then you know, a lot of other variables, I feel like you just got like sort of this like lost generation of like just kids that really just i just don't know what they're talking about yeah yeah and just like and they just don't know like you know what i'm saying like like certain shit like that like would, would come back i mean i'm not to whatever but you know when you have like people like wearing let's say like the um go ahead um, go ahead tell them, tell them. go ahead <laughs> what go ahead man. i don't know like, or like, like whatever like um we have the arguments of like chaps right like you know we're like like yeah like the vintage dudes like like rocking chaps and i'm like yo like real real low heads wasn't fucking with that back in the day you know what i mean or and so then i was and so at first i wanted that to be the message but then i was like you know what that's gonna be like too alienating i don't want to be like this fucking dickhead like mr fucking oh i know all the rules i get i get to say what the rules are i don't want to be like this fucking you know doorkeeper so i was like fuck it i i, I switched it up and i was like let me bring in kurt because kurt is like a likable dude he's also very knowledgeable and um, he can be the good cop to, you know, to my bad cop. Then we, we were like, you know what, instead of just us being like, um, getting on here and talking about what we think is cool. Like, let's just actually like make each episode about like the history of, you know, each, you know, uh, fundamental, yeah, fund fundamental <laughs> garment in the, in the, in the, in the male wardrobe. And then this kind of build from there and, you know, if, um, let, let, let kids, or anyone like form their own opinion based on, on just supplying the right information. Yeah. And it's super original and I, uh, I, I love it. I mean, I can't wait for the next episode and you know, and if anybody wants to find it, it's on Spotify and iTunes, it's called close minded, like close 
minded podcast well just just i mean we've been going for a minute here yeah. and, and we want to be respectful of your time for sure, and, uh, for sure we could we could go forever we could probably do like a part two and eventually we'll do yeah. an in-person one like we're going to set up a studio on fresno uh, in the future um but could, could you just just to like bring it full circle can you just talk about like the reopening of ftk and how it's like appointment only and like what we you know what you see in the future for it yeah so right now um i mean I was working at the grid, so I just really didn't have time to um, to staff the store. And just to be honest, um, it would kind of be it really wouldn't wouldn't max out the 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 time of having an, an employee here uh, full time because just isn't a high traffic area. So mm. we're just doing it by appointment only. But whenever we do have like a, a drop or we have like a release of like a new FTK design or a collab with somebody, then it's open that whole day. But I, I think that that's that the plan is just to uh, keep it by appointment only and then um you know sell stuff online also but um the vintage stuff i mean you you're, you'll have to set up an appointment and come in to 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 get get access to this stuff and it's like um, one of the deepest deepest like vintage collections like in you know within- uh, in 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 fresno in, in Fres- at least but um i don't know man i mean to be on to be honest like I heard a lot of people are getting cashed out for this, like, you know, COVID relief. So, I mean, if, if you're spending $80,000 on, you know, vintage gear, like you, you might've caught up with me, but I mean, I've been, oh, right. this is stuff I've been collecting for 20 years. I mean, like, yeah. you know, like, like, like this, yeah, like but the, it's curated. Uh, it's curated by you. That's what makes it special. Yeah. I mean, this is all stuff that I definitely like, you know, like I, I, I collected. So, uh, just wanted to say thanks for being here, bro. Um, sorry for the technical difficulties. You know what I mean? We're, uh, it's probably on my end, man. So it's all good. You know, it's no no big deal. I can cut it all out, and I'm a I'm a I'm ill with the editing, so don't worry. Um, nice, nice. But but thanks so much for being here, bro. If you could just uh, let everybody know, you know, where they could find you on Instagram. Yeah, uh, on Instagram, my personal account is uh, Sam from FTK. Is Sam from for the kids FTK? If you like hearing a bunch of just random weird stories and rants about my frustration with the state of sneakers and streetwear but if you just want to like just stick to the like the the products and just the um the store then that's ftk construction but yeah the best way to uh, get an appointment to come through here is just to send a dm to the ftk construction um ig all right sam appreciate you bro appreciate you being here man and sure, man. And, and thank you so much for, for taking the time to do this thanks big no, sam. thank you guys all right bro all right, man. peace man all right talk all soon right. bro be cool peace Ah, wasn't that great? I feel like we could have gone on for for hours just talking about stuff. He's like an encyclopedia of sneakers and streetwear and hip hop. Hey, you might have noticed that I said technical difficulties. I know you probably didn't notice that because I am pretty ill with the edits, I must say. Uh, but yeah, we like the call got dropped like nine times. But Sam was super nice, and he's a trooper for for sticking with it and man we really really enjoyed having him on and i hope you guys enjoyed listening to us discuss these topics you know i think they're important topics and you guys should check out sam's podcast it's uh called the closed-minded podcast you could find it on spotify and itunes i'd highly recommend it super dope if you're enjoying this podcast it would really mean the world to me and nacho if you left us a review on itunes and followed us on itunes and spotify or wherever it is that you're listening to this it would really really help us out um just go ahead and pull out your phone you know obviously if you're walking the dog and he just took a shit and you got to pick up some dog shit don't don't take your phone out right now if you're running on a treadmill on your morning run or whatever i I, you know who knows i don't know when you get a chance it would 
we would love to hear from you. So please leave us a review. It would, it would really make my day. All right, guys. Uh, many thanks. Have a marvelous rest of your evening, morning, night, wherever it is you are in the world. And we will see you next week. See ya.